Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Political Talk. How's everyone doing today? Hopefully everyone had a great day. I did. I would say this week has been been long. You know how you get a, a week where you're just like, man, will this week ever end? And it's like everything can go wrong. It just does go wrong. One person had a good week this week, Amy Coney Barrett. She is on the glide slope, old Navy term, glide slope, to get confirmed to sit on the highest court of the land. Can you imagine that? The highest court of the land. Can you imagine being selected to sit on the Supreme Court? A lifetime appointment. Oh, man, that's got to be amazing. A mother of seven kids, two from Haiti, a kid with special needs. You have to ask yourself, how does a working mom do that? That's a lot on you. I mean, very impressive, I think. The one thing about her that, you know, she had 1,600 people. Basically, he come out and reject her. And 150 civil rights organizations do the same. It just makes you wonder why. Here's a party that clearly sees the writing on the wall. And during the hearing, they kept coming up with this reason why it was justified. Now, when a party has to justify what they're doing, they know they don't have the public behind them. Oh, well, you know, if we go back in history this many times, this opening has happened and this and this. It's like I said in past episodes, it's all bullshit. If that was the reasoning, if that was the fucking clear reasoning, 2016, you would have told us. You would have said, you know what? Obama's a Democrat, we're Republicans, and we just don't want to confirm who he's going to put on the court. Simple as day. You know, the reason they didn't say that, because they knew it wouldn't fly muster. They knew they would have caught hell. Even Trump said in the town hall fucking meeting, he had to backtrack. Well, a president is president for four years, and Savannah Guntry, Savannah basically looked at him and said, well, in 2016, Donald, you said the next president should decide. And it was eight months on the clock. Republicans, 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 they have clearly said, clearly said, they will sacrifice the Senate to get someone on the court. What profits a man to gain the whole wide world but lose their soul? What profits a party to gain the whole wide world but lose power? Lose power. Be it for two years, four, six. There is no way I'd want to give up power. Who wants to be in the minority? Who wants to be in the minority in Congress? You ask any Senator, Congressman, they'll tell you it sucks. 
It sucks being in the minority, they'll tell you. And you might know why. Because you have no power. You can't get shit done. And you're just, you're at the whim of the people in the majority. Ask the Democrats in the Senate. Ask the Democrats now who control the House what it was like being in the minority. They'll tell you it sucked. But here's a party that's willing to sacrifice every fucking thing. Just has put someone on the court. They know that it could cost them the Senate. The Senate. Is it worth it? Is she worth it? Is it worth it? It's not. Let the people decide. The election is less than 20 days away. Let the next president decide. If you are so confident that you are going to keep the Senate and the White House, wait until Election Day. Know why? Because they know they're in trouble. Look at where Donald Trump's campaigning right now. He's in Georgia, a Republican in Georgia, this close to Election Day? You You should have had that sewn up by now. Donald Trump should be in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin right now campaigning. He should not be in Georgia. Florida, I understand, but Georgia? Macon, Georgia? Macon, Georgia? That's where you have to go? Internal polling? Republicans in the Senate smell a bloodbath. They could lose a lot of seats. The one thing about a party when they lose seats... You either keep the moderates or you get rid of the moderates or what left is the moderates and you go stream hardcore. Both parties. And the question you ask, is it worth it to go that extreme? I honestly think it's wrong. I think they should have waited. I think... Donald Trump should have put her up and said, this is who I will nominate if you give me another term. And Joe Biden should have nominated somebody and said, you know what? This is who I will put up. Not that shit of, well, I don't want to put my list because if I put my list out, it's going to dictate the whole conversation. Yes, it is. This is what this election is about. The choice. Do we go forward or do we go back? You've had 47 years, Joe. Are we going to go back? You say you're a transition you're a transitional president. Yes, you are. You're 78 years old. 78. So that tells me by the time your time is up, if you get elected, you'll be 81 years old. You're going to transition us to the next president. Be it Kamala Harris. Or, or Cuomo, Governor Cuomo. Is it worth it? The one thing I saw in the hearing that I, 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 it was a glimpse, a sign where Feinstein told Graham, you've held these hearings and you've done a great job. 
She applauded him. She might not agree with him. She might say, Mr. Mr. Chairman, you should hold off. But she said, you held these hearings in a good manner. And she gave him a hug. And you know what? You know what? You know what? She got hate for it. We cannot come together if a Democrat and Republican can't have a simple hug. Can't sit together like Ellen and George Bush at a baseball game. We're so much better than that. For this country to move forward, we've got to cut the red tape, the cobwebs that separate us, and truly become one. Are we going to be fighting these battles? for the next four years. I think, so when you watch the hearings, which is amazing, when they ask her questions and she doesn't answer them or she doesn't recall, just be honest. Amy, you have the votes. You're gonna get confirmed. Roe versus Wade, you're gonna appeal it. You might say, well, Mark, what, how do you know that? She's a conservative. Look at her writings. She doesn't believe in it. Healthcare. She's going to repeal Obamacare. That's what the Republicans want. As much as she says the president, she didn't promise Trump something. I, I, you know, I think every president looks at a judge and they promise something. It's probably a wink and a nod. Probably like, eh, I don't like healthcare. Do you? A wink. Uh, it's a you know wink. Yeah. That's why you know if you look at what the Democrats did during this hearing, it was very strategic. It's because they kept hitting healthcare, 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 sharing stories and stories. This was the first hearing you actually saw the Democrats basically have one message and not be all over the fucking place. And by having that one message, it was clear what they were trying to do right before an election day. Putting her on the court is going to cost the Republicans the Senate. And it might just cost them the White House and more seats in the House. Can you imagine losing everything when just a few years you held everything? Going back in the minority, Ted Cruz, having no power, having to criticize, and then being, well, when Donald Trump was president, you were okay with it. But why now that you have President Biden, you're not? And hearing them flip-flop or have to be like, well, you know, it's a game. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a fucking game. These are people's lives you guys are playing with. Repealing the health care bill and not having a bill ready. So many years you said repeal and replace, repeal and replace, repeal and replace. And when you had the chance and the time, you didn't have a fucking bill ready. Just staggered out of the fucking gate. Republicans in the House were nervous, but they cast the bill anyway 
And they had that, remember they had that big party at the White House with Trump? And then the bill goes to the Senate, and John McCain becomes the savior? He said, sometimes you got to do what you, what you know is right. He knew the bill was wrong. He knew the bill was wrong, and he wasn't going to toe the party line. There's nobody in Washington like that anymore. Everyone is so towing the fucking party line. And we don't need that. We need people right now willing to stand up to their party and say, no, no, no. I don't believe it's right. I don't agree. And I can't vote for it. Where were those people when they were passing those fucking tax cuts? Where were they? Do you know Republicans were getting calls from their donors saying, don't call me if you can't pass that tax cut. That still hasn't paid for itself. Amy Coney Barrett will sit on the court for the rest of my lifetime, and she will shape the court. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. The man who likes beer. They have said he'll be the swing vote. The swing vote. Imagine being on the court and being the swing vote. Having that power. <sighs> he will be what Kennedy was to the court when he sat there. Do I, do I believe they'll overturn Roe versus Wade? That's a tough one. I don't... <sighs> Precedent. When you have laws that are already set in stone, I think if they repeal it, I heard this week, you open a Pandora box. You don't have to agree with a woman's right to choose. You don't. But guess what? That's what you believe. That's what your Christian faith tells you. It's like I said in past episodes, there's so many people who don't believe in God, don't believe in so all those religions. They're atheists. They don't, they don't have a fate. Why should we dictate our fate to those people? We can preach to them. We can tell them how great God is. But we should not put, wish our will on those people. That's not America. That's not how we, how we do things. We're going to put a court of men, of men and three women. Because Amy Coney Beard will get confirmed. Three women who will tell women in all 50 states, I don't agree with your choice, your lifestyle, and I'm going to force you to have a child. There are people right now who don't believe gay people should adopt. And they will overturn that ruling. There are so many kids right now sitting in foster care. Foster care. That's what, that's what kills me. The people who want to overturn Roe versus Wade, who, who hate abortion, where are you when the baby is born? You can't have it one way. You got to be with, if you're going to force that woman to have with that baby, you need to be with that baby for 18 years and make sure it's grown. That's what the right to life is. Not demonizing the mother, saying it's your fault. You deserve everything you got. No. No. 
We need to be there for her. Abortion, is it wrong? Yes, it's wrong. But that's my that's what I believe. It's not my choice. It's hers. And we should respect it. Men that sit on the court, men that sit in their their Congress and their states, state seats. Respect a woman's right to choose. Stay out of the way. If you don't agree with it, preach it to her why she should have that baby. But if you make her have that baby, you need to be there with her all the fucking way. Give her a trade. Teach her a skill. I can give you money every day of your life. But if I teach you how to fish, you can feed your family for a lifetime. These are the things that I fear is going to happen on the court if we sit her. Women's right to choose, healthcare going away, all because we want power. We want to change the court for the rest of my lifetime. It's not right. It's not right. What profits a party to gain the whole wide world but lose power? Lose their soul. Did Graham preside over a good hearing? Yes. He played the case. Could he possibly lose his seat? Yes. That's like I said in the last episode. I just don't think his heart's in it anymore. I don't think he gives a shit. I think he's so worn out. I think if he loses, he takes a deep breath and says, Thank God. Thank God. You know, I didn't want to start with that story, but I just, I, I look at the court and I look at what, what the cases are coming. They're going to appeal Obamacare. No replacement. We're in a pandemic. They have health care. Fuck the people. Pre-existing conditions. The president says he's going to protect him, but he's in court right now wanting to repeal it. What happens if you repeal Obamacare? Pre-existence conditions or the president has a pre-consistent condition. I have one. We're going to give power back to the health, the insurance companies. They don't give a shit about you. You think they care? They think they care about you? You think Republicans who look you in the face and says, socialized medicine? Socialized medicine? You think they care about you? No. There are people right now laying in the hospital. The doctor says, take it easy, but they're laying in there and they're worried. They're saying, how am I going to pay these hospital bills? And I'm supposed to take it easy. Can you imagine if we lived in a world where if you went to the hospital, no charge? What's wrong with that? Is capitalism good? Yes. Capitalism is a great thing. But sometimes it fails. What did we see over this summer? Capitalism fails, and when capitalism fails, who do we run to? We run to socialism with our hand out for a check that the president wanted to sign. Capitalism is only as good as socialism. You gotta have a balance. You gotta have a balance. 
you got to. People who don't believe in Obamacare and say, oh, socialized medicine. I wonder when, if you're laying in your hospital bed and you're wondering how you're going to pay your bill, would you be saying the same thing? No. Because you'd be on a GoFundMe page begging for help. That's not capitalism. That's not my responsibility. You want to be your own man. Guess what? Be your own man. That's what capitalism is. Be your own fucking man. Let the market decide. It's not my responsibility to take care of you. It's your responsibility to take care of yourself. Socialism says we're all in this together. Look after your fellow man. That's what Jesus stood for. That's what the Republicans say they stand for. But if you look at their policies, it doesn't. If you look at the Democratic platform, that's what it does. I'm not judging either way, but I'm trying to make a statement. She's going to get on the court and they're going to repeal Obamacare and then what's going to happen? Then what's going to happen? We need a true health care bill in this country. True. The one that I would come up with would be based on what you make each year on your taxes. And that would be your copay. The government would chip in. So basically, if you made $50,000 last year and say, January, you do your tax, you make $50,000, you're on this government plan, you go for insurance, it basically says, well, Mr. Henderson, your copay is this. Oh, you get a letter in the mail. Can you imagine that? It's, it's, you're still paying in something, but it's tied to your taxes in a way where it benefits everybody. The more you make, the higher your copay. The less you make, little your copay. It's a public option. It's an option where everybody pays in. I just want a court that represents everybody and looks after everybody. I want a country where no one's left behind, but everyone's brought up. We're in this together. We're all in this this fight, this thing called life together. Be it 100 years, be it 20, 50, 60. We're in this together. The Bible says look after your fellow man. And that's what we have to do. We have to look after our fellow man. If I come up, you come up. If you're hungry, let me feed you. If you're cold, let me clothe you. But putting a court that putting a, a court that might repeal certain aspects of what makes this country great. The thing that we have to realize, if we're if if we start repealing precedents like Roe versus Wade and taking health care away, every time you have a different president and they have a shot at the court, strategically, guess what? You're gonna change the makeup and rulings are gonna change because states are gonna pass laws that they know will be forced to go to the court because they'll get sued. Trust me, the moment we put her on the court, guess what's gonna happen? Roe versus Wade bill's gonna go up. 
They want to shift back to the states. You're going to have a freaking crapshoot, a patchwork of policies in the fucking states. For what? For what? Trust me, I believe in state rights. I believe in states' rights. But I believe sometimes states have to be dictated dictated to on how to govern on certain aspects. Healthcare being one, a woman's rights being another. Minorities votes minority rights being another. Come on, people. What profits a party to gain the whole white world but lose power but lose their soul? For what? So we can put a person on the court for the rest of my lifetime? We're about to have a court that doesn't represent America but represents what? Corporate interest? Corporations aren't people. That's what the court told us. They're not. We got to do better. We must do better. You don't like Obamacare? Guess what? Make it better. Call your congressman. Call your senator and say, redo the bill. What's the replacement? Donald Trump's been promising us a health care bill for, for years. Health care is hard, he said. Of course it's hard. Anything worth having is never easy. It's always going to be hard. Anything worth having is never easy. It's always going to be hard. Always. But that's what we must do. We have to do the hard things before we can do the easy things. That's what makes America great. We're willing to tackle the hard task when no one wants to tackle the hard task. Don't get me wrong. My buddy told me, you know what, Mark? I don't agree with Amy Coney Barrett's policies. I don't agree with her philosophies. I don't agree with her writing. But you can't deny she's a polished woman. And I looked at him. I shook my head. I said, yes, she is. Yes, she is. Seven kids, working mother. Very appealing. Very appealing. She will sit on the court for the rest of my lifetime. And not once did she give a a clear answer on what she believes or what she stands for. She just shook her head, evaded questions that were tough. You've got the votes. You've got the votes. You've got the votes. Just tell us which way you're going to rule. Tell We already know, but just tell us. Be honest with us. Why lie to us? You don't think we can handle the truth? Republicans are going to put you on the court. Donald Trump's going to, they're going to put you on the court. Come on, people. Come on. Come on. Just be honest. <sighs> Halloween week. She will get the votes. We will sit in. Donald Trump will have got three Supreme Court justices his first term. Three. One pundit I heard told me 
you know, if, if things had been better, this would cap off a great term for Donald Trump. And I had to say, yes, it would. Yes, it would. Sometimes I just wonder what we're getting when we push things that we know the rest of America doesn't want. Remember this, when a politician has to sell you something and say, well, you know, when a president is this party and we're this party, they know their loss. When you got to justify it, decisions you shouldn't have to justify. You should just be like, this is what we believe. And you should know you should have public opinion behind you. Justifying only declares that you know it's wrong yourself. So you're trying to sell me, but you're also trying to sell yourself. You stole a seat from Obama. You're about to steal a seat from Joe Biden if he's elected. Or you're about to steal a seat from the next president, be it Trump. <laughs> well, you're not stealing a seat from Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me the first half hour. A little heavy on the court. Did not want to go there right away, but a little heavy. Please join me for the next hour. Please join me for the next hour. Amy Coney Barrett, well-read, very appealing, mother of seven, working mother, very impressive. Very impressive. You, you can't tell me she isn't. I think she'll be a fine person in the court. I think she's well-qualified. But I think sitting here on the court now only just dictates that we should have waited. Please join me. In the next half hour, it's been a pleasure. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the first half. I know I did. I think I think sometimes I just get so passionate about the court because, you know, when you think about it, who's willing to give up power for one thing? And the question I always ask myself is, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is she worth it? I mean, we have so much to lose. So much to lose. So, as you can tell, Donald Trump is campaigning like a man on fire. It's like it's October 2016 again. Like a man is campaigning hard. That's that's why I say lightning might not strike twice, but there's a possibility. We thought Hillary Clinton was going to win, but she didn't. And everybody keeps saying, look at the polls, look at the polls, look at the polls, look at the polls. I think we look at the polls, but the, what keeps coming to our mind is 2016. And so we're nervous. You know, Trump supporters bring that up. People who are Biden supporters are scared to believe him. The only poll that matters to me is the one on Election Day. When it's all said and done, who will be the last man standing? Who will be the last man alive? <laughs> Let's let us 
Let's go back. Imagine it's January 20th, 2017. Donald Trump is elected president of the United States. Hillary Clinton's there, all the president's there, and everyone's there. And he gives his inauguration his, his speech. And he's sworn in, and he gives his speech, and he has his, they have that dinner, and he goes back to the, they have that parade, and he goes back to the Oval Office. And as he goes to the Oval Office, he meets two visitors, he sees two visitors, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. They look at Donald Trump. First thing, he is shocked why they're there. They look at Donald Trump and they say, you know what, Mr. President, we might not have voted for you. We might not have agreed with everything you said during the campaign. But the Democratic Party stands by to support you in your first year as president. He's shocked, what? And they say, every president get support from the opposite party their first year. So anything you want to do, Mr. President, we will stand by, we will support it, and we will help you pass it. <sighs> Can you imagine Donald Trump's first year, the Democrats go along with everything he wants, the wall, done. Immigration, done. Repeal DACA, done. That is what politics should be. Now I paint that picture. Imagine it's January 20th, 2009. Mitch McConnell and John Boehner say the same thing to Obama. Can you imagine the things that we could get done. You, you don't have to agree with Donald Trump. You didn't have to agree with Obama. But the one thing I always hear from people who are Democrat or were Obama supporters, we'll give the president a chance, give him a chance. And the opposite opposition party does not. And then Obama, I mean Trump, we should be back and giving him a chance. And, and and my buddy always tells me, well, they didn't give Obama a chance. Why should we give Trump a chance? Can you imagine if the opposition party said, we'll give you one year, one year we'll back you. Anything you want, we will back you. And the reason I bring this up, the reason, a lot of people don't realize that a president truly has one year to get anything done. They'll mark their president for four years. Yeah, but think about it. The first year, the second year that the House is campaigning, the third year, the president has to start camp thinking about campaigning again. And the fourth year, he's in a full-fledged campaign. You really have one year to get anything done. One year. Can you imagine if the opposition party came along 
And after that one year, they said, you're on your own? We have to create distance? What would be the one legislative thing you think Obama would have said he wanted to get done? Healthcare? Education? Immigration? Trump? The wall? I mean, you're getting the judges. What's the one thing? One thing you think the president would say you wanted. The reason I bring this up is because I'm I, I want to create a world, or maybe I want to live in a world where parties give an olive branch to the opposition party. Joe Biden might win. Can you imagine Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy going to Joe Biden and saying, We'll give you one year. We're not going to fight you anything. We'll give you one year to get something done. We'll have your back. Trump, Pelosi, Schumer, going to Trump saying, we'll give you one year. Did you also know that a president's second term is basically he's a lame duck? He loses his power. The one question I think anyone would ask, why do you want to run for president for re-election? You have no power in your second term. You're basically a lame duck. Think about it. Trump's own party right now is starting to cut ties with him, starting to slowly move away from him. Ben Zass says the man makes money off the presidency, says he's not helping the Uyghurs in China right now. He made a very damning comment. Mitch McConnell said he hasn't been to the White House since August because of the COVID issues the White House was facing and not do following procedures. Chris Christie just recently came out and said he was wrong for not wearing a face mask. He felt the White House let him down. He thought he was at a safe zone. He thought he was at a safe zone. This is what we have to look at, look forward to in a second term of Trump. Now, I'm not saying Trump's going to win. Do I feel like he can win? Yes, I do feel like he can win. I feel right now Trump is going to wheel himself to another term. Wheel himself to another term. Can you imagine that? You're down in the polls. Everyone's giving up on you. They're saying, look at this. The constituents here, look at this right over there. They're all turning their backs on you. And you have to campaign like your life depended on you, depended on it. It's just amazing. I think if you look at the polls, I think Trump's in trouble. I think that's why he's not in the hospital. I think he knows. It could be all over in a day. But, but the same thing was said in 2016. And what did he do? He campaigned. He fought like his life depended on it. And guess what happened? He became president of the United States. So I'm a firm believer. If it happened once, can it happen again? Now, I've said lightning doesn't strike twice, and lightning doesn't strike twice, but sometimes it does. 
Sometimes a team gets a, a double. They win back-to-back championships. Look at the Patriots, the Bulls, the Miami Heat. Another big story this week. Hunter Biden. I think Hunter Biden. Have you ever had anyone in your family that struggled with substance abuse? And you pulled for them, you pulled for them, but you said to yourself, you know, I can only do so much if they're not willing to help themselves. But then having that one family member finally turn, start to turn their life around, get a job, start to turn on their own two feet, turn away from the drugs. I feel like that's what Hunter, that's like, I feel like that's what Joe did for Hunter. I feel like he prayed, he prayed, he prayed, and he finally let his, he let his son have to figure things out. And when his son did, he did what any of us would do. He used his name to get a good job. And as he got a good job, was it a conflict of interest? Yes, it was. But I think Joe was so dead set on making sure his son could stand on his own two feet that maybe he looked the other way. Maybe he blindly looked the other way. Maybe he knew in his heart it was wrong. Maybe he lied to the president about it. But maybe... He just believed in his son, and he wanted his son to be right. People who tell you Hunter is wrong, and they're bringing the story up, and they're just saying everything, those are people that don't have a heart. Those are people that don't have loved ones who've suffered issues or have had issues. And when they finally overcome, do they do things sometimes that make you scratch your head, but you don't question because you know they're on the right path? Yes, and that's Hunter. I think we. I think Joe didn't question it because he knew his son was on the right path, and he believed in his son, and he wanted his son to get well. And as he got well, someone offered him a job, a job he wasn't qualified for, but he took it. Look at Ivanka and look at Jared. They're not qualified to sit in the White House. They have no experience. Oh, they ran companies. Yeah. So you're telling me a company owner can be an advisor to a president? Maybe on a few matters, but not everything. I mean, look how Jared's butchered the fucking peace process. I mean, he got, I think it's Cutter and, you know, uh, Byrain to come to the table and and make a deal with, you know, Israel. Oh, yeah, Dubai, Dubai. I think when you overlook, I'm going on a tangent, but I think when you look at that peace deal, I think if we, if Trump does get a new, another turn, I think if Jared can strategically, strategically get another Middle Eastern country, you could probably squeeze Pakistan and bring them to the table. And I think he has a real shot at doing that. And if he does that, can you imagine how legendary that would be to a Trump? presidency to his legacy that he was the one the one that got 
a peace deal in the Middle East? Oh, can you imagine that? Liberals would, their heads would explode. No one's done that. But I feel like if you, you have to do it right, you can't do it at all. If I was at the town hall, I would have asked the vice president, and I would have said, Mr. Vice President, will you release all meetings, all correspondence that you had with your son over Burisma? Mr. Vice President, did you ever talk to your son about what he was doing, sitting on a board that he wasn't qualified to sit on? Mr. Vice President, were you willing to just look the other way? Mr. Vice President, why did you allow your son to fly on Air Force Two to handle personal matters when he should have flew coach like anybody? Those are the questions that I would have asked at the town hall. Mr. Vice President, will you be transparent with your health? when you become president. And when I say that, you know, I want to see Joe Biden every single year have a medical physical. And I want every year, as soon as it's done, to release it. Let us know you're up to the task. You're taking on the most stressful job in the, in the, in the world. You're 78 years old. The debate, you, you looked feeble. You looked feeble. But you watch a debate, he gives a speech, he, he's like two different people. Blows my fucking mind. I think if you looked at that first debate where Trump went wrong, he should have he said just enough and let Joe Biden do the rest of the talking. He would have been, he would have won the debate. Sometimes you got to pull back, <laughs> Mr. President, and let Joe hang himself. One tidbit, the vice president has clearly said, I think he's going to try to get out of the next debate, but he's brought up that the next debate, he wants Trump to be tested for COVID. And I don't blame him. The man was sick at the last debate. We should all be saying, oh, you know, the, I think that's a question I would have asked the president. Mr. President, what was your last negative test? Mr. President, why did you downplay the virus? Why weren't you dishonest about it? Those are the questions I would have asked at the town hall. Another thing at the town hall, I will say, it could have been jointly done. It could have been a virtual debate. Could you imagine ABC and CB, ABC and NBC coming together? You roll out a big monitor. You got Trump on one side and Biden on the other side. And they ask questions. They toss it up. Oh, can you imagine? That's how you should have done it. For people like Susan Hunter of having issues, did you not watch the Republican convention? Did you not see Donald Trump Jr.? His eyes, his he looked like he was on something. <laughs> he did. Town Hall, Hunter Biden.
It's been an interesting, interesting week. The court. My buddy asked me, Mark, what do you think of the polls? What, what am I, th- I, I think the polls, as much as I want to believe them, as much as I want to trust them, if you look at past episodes, I've clearly said that, you know, if the pollsters are wrong, I think they're going to have to find a new line of work. New line of work. You know, as, as much as you read these polls and you're thinking Joe Biden's going to win, you know, what if he doesn't? The polls were wrong. Again. Another thing, another thing, town hall, Joe Biden won the, won the contest, which is surprising. You know, when I, when I heard that, I thought to myself, maybe that's a sign people are tired of the president. You know, I read an article where they basically said the apprentice failed its third season because Donald Trump made it all about him. And I think, in a sense, that sums up the Trump presidency. I think Trump's, he's he's basically fed us too much of himself. And I think we're just tired of him. We're so ready to move on. As much as people don't want, as much as some Trump supporters don't want to say it, I think they're ready, they're tired of everyday tweeting. They want to go back to a, a time when we didn't know what the fuck the president was thinking or what he was doing. That's what he wants to go, what I think the country wants to go back to. And I think that's why Joe won the ratings war. That is why. It's not because people aren't still interested, aren't want to look at Trump. They're ready to move on. If you looked at the, you know, the town hall, he knows his policies. He's relaxed. Do I feel like he could have been asked? I, I, I think that's going to be the one thing that's going to hit Joe. I think there's such a wanting to be a honeymoon and just give him a pass and just get him to election day. And it just has me thinking, how long is the honeymoon going to be? Don't be wrong. I, I think... You know, you you give the president a pass where you can, but I don't think you enable him. But as bad as he has his coalition, the Republicans and everything, I don't know if the honeymoon's going to be that long. I think it's just going to be long, just long enough. You know. So, what do you think of the podcast so far? The biggest thing I was thinking today, having my own platform, you know, something I've craved my whole life and I'm honored. Am I doing am I doing it right? Am I am I living out to the of what the people want? I know my friend always pushes me. He says, Mark, you have this platform you created for yourself. You have to, you know, you're, you want to change the world. You, you want to push this message of unity, of togetherness, and you're just tired of the way things are. And I say, yes, I am. And he says, well, then do what you feel in your heart is right. And I say, well, what I feel like in my heart is right is an opposition party giving a president a chance his first year. 
you know, a debate stage where you just don't have the two parties, but you have four parties. You have the, you know, Libertarian and Green Party. Did you know Howie, Howie the Green Party candidate, has a black woman as his vice president? Yeah, he's the other person. He should be on that stage. We should hear multiple sides. I think in a sense, in this country, people are getting tired of the two-party system. I think it's almost, it's failed us. It has. It has failed us. It hasn't made us better. I think the moment, if the Democrats do repeal the filibuster, you've just doomed us. And I think that will be the, the mark where you will look and say that the two-party system has failed. We have to expand the tent, allow more people on the stage, allow more people on the dialogue. Call your congressman, push. The only way a libertarian can get his voice heard is by what? Voting them in. Your vote matters. Another thing my buddy pushes me, and me and him talk about it, I know he's pissed about it. Why in the world are people waiting hours just to vote? Why? This is the most wealthiest nation in the world. We have all the technology in the world. Yet there are people waiting eight hours just to cast a ballot, to vote. Election should be easy. The most you should ever wait in an election should be 30 minutes. Election day should be a national holiday. Trump said our election system is messed up. Don't trust the ballots, all this. Well, guess what? Created a commission. Take the power out of the states and nationalize it. Make election day a national holiday. Make early voting a month, October 1st to the 31st, and then cast and then tally all those votes and just have them sitting there. So on election day, the people actually do show up on election day. That's when you can release the votes. These are the things we can do. But they're gonna take have to take me and you doing them for them to do right. I think the town hall was good this week. I, I think it, it got a good message across. I think Trump got pushed. I think the biggest thing in the town hall that shocked me was Trump wasn't willing to say if he was pro-life. You ask any Republican and they'll tell you. If I'm going to have a vote, if I'm going to cast a vote because I believe Trump is pro-life and he said that and he couldn't admit it, I don't know if I'd vote for him. Why would you vote for somebody who can't make clear what they stand for? And they try to have it both ways. You are either pro-choice, are you pro-choice or pro-life? Same thing for Biden. Even though he said he's going to give us an answer on court packing, what about an answer now? I think Biden can be so much better for this country. And, I, and I, maybe I'll show something. He can be so much better for, for this country. 
he can be transparent. And you might say, well, well this, Trump's not been transparent. He's never been transparent. But the one thing Trump's allowed the next president to do is to deny Congress on anything. Congress has given up so much power to the executive that they've only almost allowed it to become king-like. And Republicans who might not like if Biden's elected and he tries to use that power, guess what? You allow Trump, you set a precedent, and when you set a precedent, you can't get it back. You can't. I mean, if I was president, I would use everything Trump had at his disposal. Investigation? Nope. This? Nope. Don't I wouldn't give him shit. That's what Trump did. Republicans went along with it. And they're probably going to cry because they're probably not going to go along with it again. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, 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 it's been a pleasure. I think we're less than 20 days left of this election. Are we going to build back better or are we going to make America great again? Those are the questions we have to ask. Those are the battles that we have to be willing to fight. Where do you stand? Who, do you, who are you going to vote for? Have you voted? Are you going to vote? Don't be a bystander. Please don't be a bystander. Let your voice be heard. And if you have a chance, become a poll worker. You know, if Biden is elected, it'll not be because of his policies. It'll be because the media wanted him to be elected. They ushered him in, and they ushered Trump out. But how long will how long will the honeymoon be? Won't be long, for the media starts questioning him, the new president. And the question is, can Biden hand, handle the pressure? Ladies and gentlemen, I, I tell you, this week has been an eventful one. And next week, the same. We had the court. Hunter Biden, smoking gun, which I don't believe was a smoking gun. I believe it was a story that came out that many people might say was a non-story. If you sell on the right, I think it was a big story for you. I think if you sell on the left, you're so far removed from the Hunter Biden story. You're, it's like Benghazi. You're over it. It's not going to change any votes. It's just... Eh, it's there. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, please, if you're not, please subscribe. Leave a review. Let me know how I'm doing. I'm enjoying this. Hopefully you're enjoying this too. You know, I'm, I'm hopefully I'm, I'm, if I could create a world, it'd be a world where we all got along. We all respected each other's beliefs. And we didn't try to convert one person to the other side without a hard argument why they should join us. Why you should join me? Because I want to get money out of politics. Because I want both sides to come together. Because I want other people at the table, not the Democrats and Republicans. I want the Green Party. I want the Libertarian Party. I truly want to make America great. Not again, because America has always been great. Has America had issues? Yes. But America's overcome those issues.
we live in the greatest country in the world. And we have to know that and we have to respect that. And no politician should tell us it has to be great again because it's always been a great. Ladies and gentlemen, please subscribe. Please leave a review. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Till next time. Thank you. Political Talk.